Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily, our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you're in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Good morning, 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 good people. It is Monday, December the 19th. It is December 19th, 2022. Y'all decided to wake y'all asses up with Ray G. And for that, I appreciate y'all being in the building, man. Uh, shout out Fizzle Dollars for the intro song. Shout out to the people that make the money. Pay us the money. Prize fix that is. Use that promo code Wake Up below to get you an instant deposit match up to $100. Your boy is back in the building, man. Um, was out all the last week. I had the flu. The whole family had the flow. Me, flu. Me, my wife, my two kids. It's been rough. So your boy is still trying to get back get back to 100%, but I could not miss y'all on this Monday after a big weekend of the NFL. I know a lot of people saying in the comments, wondering if the show schedule has changed. Nah, man, your boy just caught the flu. We had the flu over here, but we're back in the building. Glad to be here. Who we got in the building? Garrison, good morning to you. Let's go, Marlon. What's up? Dynasty Barry, David in the building. David, man, I might have to kick you out the stream today. I don't want to see any Jacksonville Jaguars talk in the chat at all today. I am a Las Vegas Raiders fan through and through, baby. No Jags talk in here this morning, all right? Albert, what's up? Leo, what's going down with you? EV, Ben Mason in the building. Alex C, Big Shy, Roro, Ty Declare, Patrick, what's up, baby? Shane, Joe, and my girl, Joe, I see her in the building as well. Got a good show on tap today. We're going to talk about a lot of things NFL, a lot of things Dynasty as we wrap up this fantasy football season. I'm not going to lie to y'all, man. I'm going to tell y'all to go get the Michelle Adoro coffee, but I ain't drinking none this morning. Your boy's stomach is still on shaky, shaky ground, so I can't do that Brooklyn blend early this morning, but you still got time to go to MichelleAdoroUSA.com, get you some of those great stocking stuffers, get you some of that good coffee. When you got the family coming over, don't give them none of that Walmart shit, man. Go get you some of that Michelle Adoro coffee, 15% off using the promo code Wake up, even though I ain't having a cup this morning right now, uh, still go get it. It's good coffee. Jay Rich, how you doing this morning, my friend? I'm good, man. I'm good. Glad to have you back. Um, I am willing to say that I missed you, man. It's been a long time since we've done a show. Uh, It's been, you know, almost a whole week, basically. I'm glad you're feeling better. You know, we talked about potentially trying to get it done, but it was just better for you, for the family. Take the rest of the week off, but exciting weekend in football. Some people were saying one of the best we've had all season, and with some of the endings we saw, I mean, can't really disagree with that sentiment, but glad to have you back, man. Excited to uh, to see you, to talk to you, and uh, excited for this show, man. It should be a good one. Yes. Yeah, you said uh, Scott Connors pod went out this morning, right? Destination Dynasty went out this morning? It did, yeah. We had some issues with uh, Megaphone, Spotify. I don't know what you're doing, yeah, but they got it. <laughs> wasn't our fault. Got it, got it fixed. Um, but the pot is out now, so you can go and check that out. He's talking about his roster. He's talking about his offseason series. He's talking about trading the 101, what to do with the 101, and a few other things. So that did finally drop. We weren't sure if we were able to get it out, but we were able to get that out. So to everyone who was waiting for that, go check out DD Radio. That is now available from Scott Connor, doing an awesome job every Monday dropping pods. He's going through his roster construction series, now going through his offseason series, how to prepare you for the offseason and into next season. So glad to have him doing that because it's been awesome so far. 
All right, Jay, well, you want to just knock out the news and then get into the slate of games, man, and recap what we saw on Sunday, baby. You ready? Yes, sir. Let's get it. The biggest news in the world of sports. Covered and brought to you by one man, Jordan Richards. This is Straight Facts, presented by Michelle Adoro. So Josh already got to it in the chat, but Jonathan Taylor was diagnosed with a high ankle sprain and is very likely that he is done for the season. So for anyone who still had Jonathan Taylor for their playoff run, looking like that playoff run with Jonathan Taylor is just about over. Um, you know, he's been great all season. People talked about not drafting him because of the week 14 bye. You lose him for week 14, lose him for week 15, and now potentially lose him for the rest of the season with that high ankle sprain. Just about seals his fate for the season. No reason for the Colts to play him in my opinion, but especially after blowing that lead in Minnesota, but we will get into that in a little bit. Colt McCoy suffered a concussion, so we may see Trace McSorley this week. So uh, if you have Hollywood Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Woof. not looking great for you. We've seen a little bit too much of Trace McSorley in the NFL and definitely more than enough at Penn State to know that he's no good. Ryan Tannehill was dealing with an ankle injury during the game against the Chargers. He did return to the game, tried to bring them all the way back. He did score a touchdown late. So I'm curious if there is any lingering issues for him. He was carted off the field. So he may be fine, but something to monitor if you do have Ryan Tannehill for your playoffs. And then um, we also received a report from Adam Schefter over the weekend that Kyler Murray's ACL is looking like it's the only damage to his knee. So he's expected to have a six to eight month recovery, which put him right online to start somewhere around week one, if fully healthy. Now, we're not expecting him to be the Kyler Murray of all where he's running around, but potentially he is on track to start. So if you do own Kyler Murray, there is a good shot that he can start the season. But Again, we'll see. It's a long way to go and a big recovery for him. And, Ray, I don't know if you watched the World Cup, but Argentina and Messi got it done. What do you done. mean? What do you mean <laughs> I, I did I watch the World I'm the biggest World I, Cup I, fan I know there you is. Are. You, are the, you are now the biggest Messi fan ever, the greatest Come footballer on, of all time. Finally got it done. Argentine fans have been clamoring for him to get it done. They've been hating on Messi for years because he couldn't win the big game. Well, guess what, Ray? He did it. So shout yeah. out to Messi, man. He finally... I got a monkey off his back, I guess. It was the only thing he really had left to win. He won the balloon door plenty of times. He didn't win the golden boot, though. They gave it to Mbappe. That was a little disrespectful. But Mbappe had a great uh, a great World Cup run as well. But oh, it's okay, yeah, man. Who okay. couldn't have I mean, everybody was I was very nervous for the NFL after that World Cup final match because, I mean, penalty kicks, it was super dope. And I was like, how is the NFL going to live up to this? Because it, like, ran right up until kickoff. And then you transition from... The World Cup, and then in my region, it was like World Cup to the the Jaguars-Cowboys. And I was like, ah, Cowboys about to put foot in the Jaguars. And that did not happen, Jay. That did not happen. Um, but, yeah, good good, good injury news. Uh, not injury, not good injury news. But, I mean, Jonathan Taylor hadn't done anything for us all season. So it just kind of the icing, the cherry on top of the shit cake, right? Uh, unfortunate for Jonathan Taylor. Hopefully they figure something out. They definitely need a quarterback. And I actually want to start – with that game, the Colts versus the Vikings, Jay, in my opinion, uh, one of the most exciting games I've ever seen, uh, or at least in a long time. Not going to say it was the best game I've seen of all time. It was actually not uh, a great game if you were an Indianapolis Colts fan, but very exciting. And um, it starts us off with our quarterback baller of the week. Jay, who's our quarterback baller of the week? He did not score the most fantasy points, but we're going to talk about why he gets baller of the week. Who is it? It's Kirk Cousins. It's um, Captain Kirk. So for the people people out there, I did not want this. This is a this is a ragey special. Um, I actually lobbied for Trevor Lawrence, but but Captain Kirk Cousins in the second half, 
I mean, he just balled the fuck out. So 34-54, 4-60, four touchdowns. Every play they needed to make, they somehow made it. Uh, The defense actually got it done in the second half. They stopped with all of the issues on special teams. I think he still did throw a pick in the second half, but Kirk did get it done. Listen, I don't know what man. to say about these Vikings, L- man. They're just L- they're still listen. fraudulent, right? They're, listen, they're still fraudulent, but they when, won the game. So when you're down 33-0, I mean, I think Kirk Cousins' first half, the dude was had like 40-something passing yards after the first he quarter. Yeah, negative fantasy six, points, I'm pretty sure. Was awful. Awful. And then you end up coming back 33 down, the largest comeback in NFL history. You drop 460, you have four touchdowns. One of the interceptions is because freaking Jalen Rager stopped running across the field, just stopped running, quit on a route. Your, Q, your QB baller of the week, Kirk Cousins, man. It looked like it was going to be an awful day. If you started Kirk Cousins in fantasy, your ass was puckered tight for majority of that first half. And in the second half, you were like, man, I mean, I'm just hoping he can get a couple of cheap touchdowns. And all of a sudden, he goes out there and wrecking, wrecking ball Kirk Cousins. I mean, just slinging it all over the field. K.J. Osborne went bananas, right? He had 150. Justin Jefferson had another 120 yards on 12 receptions. I mean, Dalvin Cook went off at the running back position, running the ball and that long reception for a touchdown, which really got them, you know, right there to win the game. But you talk about an epic collapse from the Indianapolis Colts, Jay. And there are memes floating around with Matt Ryan and his, uh, how do we say this, failures to close games out. Over the course yep. of his career, I saw a meme of LeBron James with all of his accolades, and they were like, "Matt, this would be Matt Ryan if the NFL game was 20 minutes shorter. Just MVPs, <laughs> championships. I mean, how do you even explain what we saw happen? I mean, Jay, wild game, wild game. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's insane, man. To to see Matt Ryan now have the largest playoff collapse in NFL history and the largest regular season collapse in NFL history, it is not the type of records you want to be breaking in the NFL. But I think um, it speaks a little bit to the inexperience of Jeff Saturday to some degree. We see this with NFL coaches a lot. They just take their foot off the gas and they think there's no way they can come back, right? There's not enough time. There's no way. But when and I talked to uh, our buddy Brandon about this. I was like, man, at some point the Vikings are going to make a run and the Colts are really doing nothing on offense. Like you watch the game yeah. and you're like, yeah, you know, they're they're making plays. But, you know, the Vikings also had two touchdowns called back on ridiculous calls by the they refs, did. right? So you think the about refs all these were things awful this weekend, the, Jay. The refs they were, were awful this weekend. Yeah, they were really bad. So I'm, I'm curious where this leaves the Vikings. Obviously, the Colts are terrible. We've seen them collapse before in games. Um, is it coaching? Is it Matt Ryan? It's a lot of things. They took their foot off the gas. They ran the ball like 40. They almost, I think it was almost 50 times they ran the ball. So again, yeah, that, they're trying to shorten the game. But there's no, again, there's no, no excuses, right? Like they should have won this game and they didn't. And they credit have. to the Vikings. They got it done. Um, they played great. You know, second half, KJ Osborne, obviously, like you mentioned, balled the fuck out. Like, you didn't expect that from him. He played great. Uh, Thielen didn't show up till late, but uh, Jefferson got it done after taking a couple of big hits late in that game. Yeah, Jefferson was getting killed in that game and still got it done. And his historic pace, Jay, I just I just want to ask the question with, with Justin Jefferson. If you're in a dynasty startup, where's your cutoff threshold at the quarterback position before you dive into Justin Jefferson, right? So let's just assume the first five picks off of the board are Mahomes in some order, right? Mahomes, Hurts, Allen, Burrow, Herbert. Those are your first five quarterbacks off of the board, probably. Where would yeah. you where, like where's your QB threshold? Would you take Fields ahead of Justin Jefferson? Would you take uh Dak? Uh, would you take 
Trevor Lawrence? Would you take Tua? Where, where's your threshold for where you would select Justin Jefferson? He's in, he is just, I ain't mean, dude, unbelievable. Man. He's unbelievable. unbelievable. He's unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable receiver. Watching him play football is truly like I don't think people are tr- are really appreciating the type of greatness that we're seeing from him his first three years of his career. I mean, it's it's prime Randy Moss. You know, he's a different type of player than Randy yeah. Moss. I'm not saying he's the same, the same, you know, archetype of receiver, but you're watching Moss in his prime. When whenever OBJ was in his prime and doing his thing, like this is this is what you're getting to watch weekly from this kid, and he's only 24 years old. I mean, where's where's the quarterback cutoff point before you're like, I'm taking Justin Jefferson? So I, I actually don't think it's changed much for me. The problem is, isn't so much where do I take Justin Jefferson? It's the issue of, well, what's coming back to me, right? And, and that's the fear with taking Jefferson so early. I think you can make the case to take him ahead of all the tier two quarterbacks. So if we're saying tier one is basically Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, I think you can make the case to take him right after those guys. Um, but again, it, it, when you look at the dynasty landscape, what's going to come back to you at quarterback is going to be really bad, right? So it's not a, a situation you want to really play with. I think if you take him anywhere from nine to 12, you're probably fine with what comes back at quarterback, but it depends on the draft. But I think he has to be the first non-quarterback off the board. What when, I take when, him when ahead are you, when are you Kyler, doing it? What Where's the quarterback threshold before you're like, I'm I think you got to take this. him at nine or later. Okay, it's, well, it's, not mind, so, it's not so much about the quarterback. It's about the spot and what comes back no, it to you is, in the it draft. It is the quarterback, right? right? Because if you're, you're not taking any running back ahead of him, so it's got to be no. the quarterback. So for you, you personally, let me just make it easy for you since, since I can't get a direct answer. Would you take Dak Prescott over Justin Jefferson? Probably. If okay, Dak's well, a top then, eight, top nine quarterback, then probably, yeah. Like I'm saying, Dak Prescott, um, Trevor Lawrence is – Iffy for me, right? He's probably right around that spot. Kyler Murray's probably right around that spot. Uh, I would take him over Trey Lance for sure. Justin Fields, I'd, I'd, pro- I'd probably take him over Justin Fields just because I believe he's a more secure asset. Um, you know, ahead of him though, like Lamar's still ahead of him. Yep. Ah, uh, like I'm trying to think. Yeah, Kyler's probably Tua. right around there now. No. Two of fuck no, man. I'm not taking. I'm not taking two over him. Um. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, the quarterbacks you expect, you know, the top fives, the, the Herberts, the Allens, the Mahomes, all those guys, definitely taking uh, them over Jefferson. I think when you start to get towards the back of the first, I think Dak's probably still a top eight quarterback. I mean, you keep saying back of the forward. first, but if we're in a super flex startup, it's quarterbacks, man. That's why I'm asking you, where's your quarterback yeah. threshold? I'll answer the question for me. I'm taking Lamar, Herbert, uh, uh, Allen, Mahomes, Hurts, Burrow, Fields, so that's like seven. So I'd probably be around like pick eight if I'm sitting at the 108, just roughly off the top. I think I would take Jefferson over Trevor Lawrence in a startup, and then I'd just be, oh. I'd just pray that somebody so you would, comes so back. So you to take me. Fields over Lawrence still? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I probably would. would. I probably would. He's, he's a very good running quarterback. He's very good. He's very, very good. He's going to set the NFL re- rushing yard record, man. He's, he's very close. You think he will? Yeah, he's I know got, he's two hundred yards away, right? He's two hundred. I think he's two hundred yards. Yeah, like two hundred yards away. He's got three games. If they if they play him, you you never know with yeah, Chicago. They may pull him and not play him. But yeah, Je- Jefferson is crazy good, man. Dalvin Cook had a hell of a week as well. Um, he had ninety five yards on the uh, through the air on the four receptions that long touchdown. He had ninety five on the ground. Started off a little shaky with Dalvin when he fumbled the ball, but uh, he made up for it. So if you started Dalvin in fantasy, you got good return. Really not a lot to talk about on the Indianapolis side of the ball. Michael Pittman 
volumed his way to a solid day. He had 10 for 60. Uh, he's a very good wide receiver, but a very bad quarterback at the helm, man. So it looks like uh, for the rest of the way, you've got a heavy dose of Zach Moss and Deion Jackson for you Colts fans. And nobody you really feel comfortable with starting at wide receiver outside of Michael Pittman Jr. And that's sort of uh, the Colts uh, The Colts in a nutshell. Jeff Shatterday should not be the head coach of that team, and I doubt he will get that head coaching job. That was just a blunder and a catastrophic failure on every single level. There's no reason they should have lost that game. None whatsoever. Took their foot off the gas and uh, shit the bed. Shit the bed, Jack. Let's talk about Philly, the Philly Bears game, and then I want to talk about the Kansas City Texans game. Everybody was ripping the Dallas Cowboys last week about you know playing the overtime with the Houston Texans, and the same Houston Texans team just took everyone's favorite quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, to the brink. Uh, to what, Did they go to OT in that game? That game ended up yeah, going overtime. Yeah. yeah, took them to OT. Yeah. So Kansas City, too, had to struggle with Houston on back-to-back weeks. Let's talk about Jalen Hurts. I mean, he struggled throwing the ball early versus Chicago, but ended up getting it done. Had, what, three rushing touchdowns. Uh, yep. Crushed it on the ground as a runner. Um, he wasn't – his passing yard total number wasn't bad, but he had the two interceptions. He had 315 yards, no touchdowns. When you talk about 61 yards on the ground – Three touchdowns. A.J. Brown, over 180 receiving yards for A.J. Brown. I don't even know how he did it. Like, you, you're watching the game, yeah. and he never caught the ball whenever I'm watching it, right? And then all of a sudden you look up, and he's got damn near 200 receiving yards. Devontae Smith, 5 for 126. Smitty is now, uh, I think he's like 99 yards away from a 1,000-yard season. I think it's something oh, wow. like that for Smith. He's very, very, yeah, 99 yards in three games to have the first pair of Eagle wide receivers over a 1,000. Um, Jay, is this the best wide receiver duo in the NFL? Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. Are they the best wide receiver duo in the NFL? Talk to me, Jay. Everybody I'm going to say no. Say, I'm going to say no. It's, it's Chase and Higgins. I'm, you think I'm sorry, so? Ray. Okay. I think it's Chase and Higgins pretty easily. But um, to your point, Smith is 17th in receiving yards, 18th in receptions with 71, uh, 23rd in touchdowns with five. So you can definitely make the case. I think I think they're both very, very talented. Um, I think it's interesting, right? Because I don't view them as being as versatile as as the Bengals are with those two wide receivers. But I think you can definitely make the case that they are. It's just, you know, you look at A.J. Brown, 16 targets, 180 yards, but Smitty's still getting it done um, in his own right. And I think, you know, you look at kind of those two players, how they play together and how Higgins and Chase play together. I just think that they're slightly better with uh, with Chase and Higgins, but it's definitely, you can make the case. Smith, Smitty doesn't get the respect he probably deserves, but, you know, with a few more years under his belt, he will probably be up there and they will be more recognized as a as a legitimate wide receiver uh, duo, but I also think that if Justin Jefferson gets like anybody better than Adam Thielen, it's probably the best wide receiver duo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jackson, get him, get right. him, Jackson Smith and Jigba, baby. Yeah, Jefferson. Just about anybody is the best wide receiver duo in the NFL because what he does for his receivers is just ridiculous. He frees them up more than anybody in the league. Uh, but I definitely think you can make the case. And, and to your point about Hurts, he he struggled early, but then you know he's hitting deep bombs to to Smitty, and then he's hitting deep bombs to AJ Brown, and you're just like, whoa, like where did this come from? Because he played so bad to start, but then on the other side, Justin Fields also like he came pretty close. They played well. They didn't quite keep it close towards the end, but for a lot of that game, it was a very close affair between the two teams, but the Eagles, they just did what they do, man. They just pounded it up the middle. They converted on fourth downs, and they played really, really well down the stretch. Listen, man, when your leading receiver is Byron Pringle and, you know, David Montgomery, the, the whole point is they need some weapons, man. I need Chicago to make sure that they invest a high draft cap, high draft pick 
into a wide receiver, get him somebody. Tra- and, and I don't know if the free agent wide receiver market is worth a damn this year, Jay. But Pretty I'm sure it's bad. I think that Scott talked about that on his pod. Yeah, it's, it's really not- bad this year. So there's, again, more reason to put a premium on the draft because the wide receiver market this offseason isn't looking very good. Who do you want to see there, just off the top? Would you rather see... Would you let, let's just go the big three? It's JSN, it's Jordan Addison, it's Quentin Johnston. What receiver would you personally like to see in Chicago with Fields? I think probably Addison. I think Addison is the most complete receiver. I think from day one, I expect him to be the best, depending on system. But I, I you know, you could look at QJ and say his dominance and his size, but I don't know if I want him to be the one right away. I think I trust Addison a little bit more. Uh, and then JSN, right, is can he overcome? his size to some degree and being more of a slot archetype or is he going to play outside and can he work that in the NFL is small there. I love JSN, but small concern. I think Addison's the most pro ready and ready to uh, step into any team. Yeah. Who's uh? do you have the MVP odds up for Hertz and Mahomes? Yes. What is, what is that? Hertz is minus minus one fifty. He's still the favorite. He's still the favorite to win NFL. I thought Allen would make a push, but he didn't. Nah, man, he, I don't think so. Allen was incredible, man. I meant 300 yards, four touchdowns, that run that he had versus Miami. Allen is incredible, but he lost too many games. He, he In the moment, I think, you look at Philly, they're 13-1, and one, and I don't know if they're going to lose again. Maybe the Dallas game, maybe, and maybe that's a byproduct of them not playing. You know, they've, they've got the division wrapped up. They've got yeah. the number one seed wrapped up. Doesn't they don't strike me as a team that are going to rest players? They want to stay fresh, keep the keep the machine running. But yeah, I, I don't I don't think Allen has enough steam in the tank to catch. I don't. I'm not looking at it, Jay. But Joe Burrow's got to be up there as well for NFL MVP. He's got to. I'd say he's third without looking. Yeah, so him and Allen are tied at 10 to 1, right? They're the only ones who really have a shot. Uh, to your point, yeah, Hertz is minus 150, obviously first in the NFL, leading the NFC. But Josh Allen is also leading the AFC, right? So there is that factor as well. He's ahead of Mahomes in terms of really? record. And yeah, the Buff- Buffalo's first in the in the uh, well, I'm, Buffalo's I'm in, first in the AFC, right? No, no, Mahomes mean. is still second at plus 165. But I think, you know, you you say Allen has no chance. And I, and I think that down the stretch, Voters may side with Allen over Mahomes potentially, but to your point, Hurts is still the clear front runner. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I mean, you look at who do they have? Let's look at I just want to see their schedule real quick, Jay. I'm looking at Philly. So they've got um here we go. The that's the uh where's Philly's schedule? They have Dallas, so they're playing in Dallas on yep. Christmas Eve on Saturday. So that'll be Saints, wow, it's not even the night game. Wow. Saints, Saints and then and Giants. Giants. So yeah. I can see them resting players against the Giants. Against the Giants, yeah. So Which will so the the thing with this though, right? That's interesting is that they're going to have the buy, right? So there's really no incentive to rest guys potentially, depending on who it is. And then as well, there is the factor of well, do we even want the Giants to make the playoffs? Because that game could be for the Giants oh, to make the playoffs potentially, but they should be locked uh, in. Right? After their win last night, I think their uh, playoff probability is like at seventy percent right now. Yeah. Dallas clinched. I think it's like 70% that the Giants are in the playoffs right now. After so they'll be the playing commanders. for seed, probably. Yeah, it, it, it'll be – I think the Giants will be jockeying for that that final wild card six, seed, seven or yeah. six. If if yeah. if they lose – if they do, in fact, lose to that game, they'd be right there. But I think the Giants are damn near in the playoffs based on how the NFC has shaken out lately. Um Nothing from Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders is on a tirade yeah. again. He already said he doesn't give a shit about your slips or your fantasy teams. He's already told you that once. Le- Y'all need to leave Miles Sanders alone. 
Stop tweeting Miles Sanders. He does not care about your fantasy football teams nor your betting slips. He, he let us know that again. Uh, thank you, Miles Sanders. Uh, on the other side of the ball, we talked a little bit about Fields, the help that he needs to get. He had a crazy touchdown run that was called back, just stepped out of bounds. Yeah. You know, I think I think he's going to be all right, Jay. They just got to get him some weapons, get him some offensive line help. They did lose Tevin Jenkins, one of their young tackles in that game. Scary moment had to be carted off of the field. But Philly ultimately got it done. And then we were talking about Patrick Mahomes in his MVP in his MVP odds. Uh, the Chiefs, man, struggled mightily versus the Houston Texans, Jay. Um, yeah, everyone shit on Dallas. I mean, this Houston team, they're not very good, but somehow they always cover the spread. You never, you never take you never bet against Houston, especially the spread. What was it, a 14 point, 14 point yeah. spread in this one? Yeah, 14-point spread. Not only does Houston cover spreads, but KC doesn't cover spreads, right? Especially on the road. But it's crazy because you you look at the score, right? Overtime in this game, the Chiefs had to get a walk-off touchdown for Jarek McKinnon. Patrick Mahomes' line rate, would you believe he only had five incompletions, 36 for 41, 336, two touchdowns, no picks, QBR of 92.3. And this dude was vying in overtime to beat the Houston Texans. Just insane to think that a performance that good from Patrick Mahomes still required overtime um, is is crazy. But, Pat, but I mean, Patrick did get it done. Jared McKinnon had a great game. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco did fumble, which didn't help them at all. But, you know, outside of that, it's it's just, again, you look at Houston, you say they're terrible. But it was a good good win by Kansas City. Clinched the division, I believe, for their fourth straight season. Yep. So that was a big yep. win for them. Um, and Houston's still vying for that number one pick. So even though oh, they, they came got close. The, they got the number one pick. Go ahead and, go ahead and pencil Bryce Young into Houston. And you talked about Jarek McKinnon. He is our RB baller of the week. Jarek McKinnon has quietly been balling the past like two, three, four two weeks. weeks. Yeah. And uh, we had to give him some love today. 18 touches, 122 yards on the ground. I know Tyler Algier had a good game uh, yesterday. But when you walk off in OT, and it wasn't just uh, you know him on the that ground. He had 52 yards, yeah. and 1. Um, but 8 for 70 and a touchdown through the air. I mean, this is, this is the Jarek McKinnon that we all thought we were getting like three years ago, four years ago, when Kyle Shanahan first got to San Francisco and his first big yeah. move was trading for Jarek McKinnon or signing Jarek McKinnon. This is the guy that we thought we were getting when he went to San Francisco. I know a lot of people probably forgot about that. Some of y'all probably weren't playing fantasy football when that happened, but that was supposed to be the big prized running back get uh, for the Kyle Shanahan era in San Francisco, and it just didn't work out that way. Um, but McKinnon playing well. Um, yes, you talked about Isaiah Pacheco. He did fumble, but he still rumbled for 89 yards. Every every time they give it to him, good stuff happens. But you know he's just not going to get 50%, 60% of the work in Kansas City's offense. They're going to use those two backs. They seem to have a good thing going with McKinnon and with Isaiah Pacheco, Travis Kelsey. It wasn't a monster game, but quietly 10 for 105. I mean – Pretty that's, good for a tight end, right? That's pretty. That's that's damn good for a tight end in today's NFL. So, uh, you know, from the from the Houston side, Jay, there's not anything to take away from. Davis Mills had an okay game, I guess. It was pedestrian, 121 yards. He had two touchdowns. Didn't turn the ball over through the air via interceptions. He did fumble the ball and lose one fumble. Fumbled the um, game. And Royce Freeman, would you would you look at that? I thought it was going to be a Dare Agumbawale taking over for Damian Pierce, whose season is officially over. Houston put him on IR with an ankle injury. Uh, but Royce Freeman, blast from the Oregon past. Uh, Rolls Royce. With, led the way with 51 yards. Wow. Could not could not believe that. Juju had a, a nice day as well, 10 for 88. So if you started any of your Chiefs, 
uh, you feel pretty good. Even Marquez Valdez-Scanling caught a touchdown pass. So as long as you fired up the Chief outside of, you know, Justin Watson and Noah Gray and Jody Fordston, you were in a good spot there with Kansas City. But I do think that Jalen Hurts still should be the front runner for NFL MVP, Jay. So I'm glad to see he's still at the top of that. Even with a rocky first half there in Chicago on the road, you got the dub, you came back from adversity. Chicago stuck around, stuck around, stuck around, but ultimately did just didn't have enough uh, to get it done versus those Philadelphia Eagles who were looking like the best team in the NFL, Jay. So now I want to switch gears and talk about your boy, your boy. Who Zach is it? Anakin Skywalker Wilson. He was back. Zach Wilson <laughs> he was, back. was back, Jay. And uh, not byproduct of Mike White playing bad. Uh, Mike White has some broken ribs. And it's already being reported that he's probably not going to suit up this week. Yep. They got to let all that stuff heal up in there, get the ribs right. Uh, Zach Wilson, 317 passing yards, two touchdowns, an interception, sacked four times, QBR 37. But he put his team in a ch- – he gave his team a chance to win the game. Talk to me about your boy Zach Wilson. And he didn't kill Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson stuff four for 98. Uh, Elijah Moore with one last desperation heave kind of – I don't want to say saved, saved his day, day but <laughs> right, he it, had what fifty one 50 yards, yards twenty one of those it made it like on that play made it okay if you started him, but you probably didn't. But talk to me about your boy Zach Wilson getting back under the saddle. So I mean, it was fine. Fifty percent completion, two touchdowns, one pick. There was you know the one throw to Michael Carter where he threw a duck and Michael Carter saved his ass. Yes, yes. that was definitely uh, very good for him that Michael Carter saved him there. But he did get the ball to Garrett Wilson. That's like literally the only thing we asked of Zach Wilson: get the ball to Garrett Wilson because Garrett Wilson's going to make plays for you. And there was plenty of plays where he overthrew Garrett Wilson on top of that. Right? Didn't even give him a chance to make a play. So you know Garrett Wilson nine targets, Elijah Moore seven targets. That is encouraging. These are the guys we want to get the ball in the offense. Clearly, he's able to do that. He hit. I mean, we were on the phone when he hit that backside uh, post corner to cj uzama yeah throwing the uh, pro day throw the across day. his body that was awesome the pro um, day he got he got to but, do it in a real game he did it and it worked <laughs> it worked fuck would you don't you know it worked man wouldn't you know it worked yeah everyone shits on the pro day throw until it works in a game until it works right in and the so game. there you go but outside of this right i think there's not much takeaway this this defense by detroit is still awful like it's it's not a good defense they're playing better they're playing a little better but Overall, they're not a good defense. And so we'll see how he looks next week. That's it's a week by week thing with Zach Wilson. He's not he's not back. The value isn't back, but he's given us some hope. Let's see if he can do it for subsequent weeks. They do play on Thursday, so we'll see what happens with them. Um, I'm expecting more though. I, I think we need to see him have a legitimate good game. It doesn't need to be 300 yards, but try and be efficient. Get the ball to your pass catchers, not so many errant throws. You know, the sacks, I think, will always kind of be there for him. He's a little erratic in the pocket, but he played fine. They needed, obviously, a bit more of a running game. They were down quite a bit in this game. He he almost brought them back, but ultimately, Jared Goff and the Lions did get it done. I don't know. Is there anything you want to add to that? I thought he was I thought, fine. I thought and he, he made, made some, plays. especially late. There, there are, if they can't develop him, it's a shame. Because I don't, I don't know if he's like some good leader of men, but he made some throws where the ball placement, you're like, holy hell, man. Like, you see the arm on this kid? The, like, there's just oh, yeah. there's, there's no consistency, right? Like, this is, this is up to the coaching staff. Can they pull it out of him, right? Can they coach him up to get the best out of his skill set? Because they were, there was one to Garrett Wilson on that drive where I think the drive before where I'm like, that, 
that is a special type of throw right there, right? Yeah. He'll make those, and then he'll float one up against cover two, trying to hit a wide receiver up the seam with the safety over top, and you're like, why would you throw that ball, right? You know the safety's loking over the top. You should see the cornerback squatting in that flat coverage, and he throws it right into that for an interception. I mean, did you hear his post-game press conference when they asked him? No, do you I think, didn't. Do you think if he uh, should start, deserves to start another game? Did you did you hear his, uh, his response to that? He basically said, like, nah, man, it's a week-to-week thing. I'm taking a week-to-week. Uh, he answered it the right way. So the social media training or the interview training that he probably went through over the past couple of weeks definitely paid off because he answered that question very, very well uh, by saying that it's not up to him. His job is just to play good. He's got to play better, put his team in position to win. So Zach Wilson must have learned a little something, unlike any of us learning how to navigate the uh, Detroit Lions backfield. I mean, what do you do with them? Fantasy-wise, I mean, there were people who were asking me, Jay, and I told folks I would not start DeAndre Swift. I was like, I, I'm not doing it this week. I had a couple of our Heisman tier members over there in the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash all gas. Ask me, should I start DeAndre Swift or Michael Pittman? I was like, I wouldn't start Swift this week. Like, if you started him, you got, what, a grand total of uh, – what did he give you? Five, 50 yards on the ground, five for 23. So I guess it was an okay day. 13 points? It was okay. But, you know, Jamal Williams, 13 carries. Justin, when did they start giving Justin Jackson the ball? Like, why, why is that a thing? Why is he taking yeah. six carries away from Swift or Jamal? Like, it just it makes no sense to me what they're doing in the backfield in Detroit, man. Uh, it's hard to explain, right? You you kind of hit the nail on the head. Last week, we talked about how no running back on that offense had more than a 40% snap share. And I don't know if that was the case this week. It was probably, you know, somewhere around the same. Like you mentioned, Justin Jackson kind of just factoring into this offense randomly. Jamal Williams, 2-5 a carry. Justin Jackson, 2-7 a carry. Obviously, DeAndre Swift, 6.5 a, a carry. So he was showing some of that explosion that we've seen from Swift in the past. Obviously, Costin passed out of the backfield. But again, it's... I'm assuming they're protecting Swift to some degree, and maybe Jamal is a little bit banged up. But yeah, the, the usage is definitely questionable. Um, you know, Jamal has had a lot of carries this season. It's probably one of his highest carry counts uh, um, in his whole Pro- career. Right. So 217 for 839. You know, he's seventh in the NFL in carries, which I did not expect to say coming on this show. But Again, he's probably wearing down to some degree. He's probably hurting. They use him at the goal line. They need to get more out of Swift, but they know if they give him too much, he's going to get hurt again, right? They've seen that this season. They've seen that in seasons past. So it makes sense, right? And they're obviously winning games, so it's hard to kind of criticize them too much. But I think they could do a better job maximizing this running game. We've seen how good this offensive line is, especially with some of the holes that we've seen DeAndre Swift get, Jamal Williams get. If you put the right guy in the right situation, they should be having much more success on the ground. So I'm hoping they can continue to maximize that. But we'll see going forward. They're obviously playing much better. And so hopefully they can kind of close out the season well. Coming into next year, what does it mean? I don't know, man. We've talked about how potentially they may draft a running back. And yep. that is concerning for that, Swift yep. owners. But... I think it makes sense. They need a guy that can kind of explode through some of these holes, and it hasn't really been swift so far this season. So can yeah. they bring in a guy who can do that who's not Jamal Williams? And we'll see, but I think it could be a good solution for them because they have a great offensive line, and to complement a, a pretty good passing game from them yeah. could be a great running game that they could get in the draft. Yeah, did you see the report? Um, I think I don't know if it was the Detroit Free Press or somebody saying that they do not view Jared Goff as just some bridge quarterback and – yeah. There's potential rumor for an extension for Jared Goff, which would sort of nuke the NFL drafts community's uh, fantasy about Detroit drafting 
one of the quarterbacks with one of their top 10 picks or at least one top 10 pick that they're probably going to get from uh, the trade with Matthew Stafford. Um, Jared Goff could be like a sneaky little buy low dynasty quarterback, man. A QB that you buy and he's just a starter in the NFL for another three years, right? No one ever really wants him. The value's never going to really catch up to who Jared Goff is, but just a player that you'll be able to plug and play as a QB2 on your dynasty rosters for the foreseeable future. So I think after the season, Jay, there'll definitely be an opportunity where people think Detroit's going to take a Will Levis, that's going to take a CJ Stroud. And they're probably chilling, saying, shit, we're waiting on Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, uh, Brian Brzee, Miles Murphy, one of these edge rushers from Clemson. We're not even going to play around one of the quarterbacks. We got our guy in Jared Goff. Uh, again, Amon Ross St. Brown, just a consistent option in that passing attack. And I, I think I think there's still people out there, Jay, that think that J-Mo will end up being the one in that offense. And I think there's going to be a small window at some point to go acquire some Amon Ross St. Brown. Now, the Falcons game was not on the show sheet, Jay, but I just have to ask you, give me your thoughts on Desmond Ritter. What did you see from the young Cincinnati rookie? Uh, And we talk about giving rookies, we talk about being patient with rookie quarterbacks. We say it takes them some time. Uh, Did you see enough out of Ritter in his first start? 13 for 26, 97 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, sacked four times, QBR 31, did rush for 38 yards. What did you see from young Ritter? Out there, are you confident in Young Ritter moving forward? I'm confident to send him to the waiver wire. Um, that's about what I saw from Desmond Ritter. 13 for 26, 97 yards. I didn't expect much different, to be honest, from Desmond Ritter. He was fine. Um, you know, expectations were low. We saw Malik Willis and how he looked. Expected similar things from Desmond Ritter, and that's basically what we saw. The sacks were what they were. Um, he wasn't very accurate. He made some throws, though, like the throw to Drake London at the end of the game, which ultimately ended the game because Drake London fumbled. It, it is what it is, but he he did make some plays out there. He got the ball to Drake London, which is important. The problem is, though, Ray, is that we don't expect them to rely on Ritter over the long term. So we expect right. him to be replaced. Is that If Atlanta loses a few more games, maybe bump up a little bit in the draft, have potentially the opportunity to trade up for a right, quarterback. Right, 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 right. Um, and we've talked about this a lot. It, it's This is a trial run for Ritter. We thought he may get a couple games this season, and so it's looking like he will probably close out the year for the Falcons if with them being out of the playoff race. But they're kind of split it. They're only a game back. But for me, I mean, if, if we see the same thing from Ritter for the rest of the season, I don't know why we'd have any confidence in him going forward. He's not going to get the leash of Justin Fields or any other quarterback, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence. He wasn't a first-round pick. Um, we've said this about all these third-round, fourth-round, fifth-round quarterbacks. They're not going to have the leash to develop in the NFL. So if this is what we see from Ritter for the next three games, I think he's basically a backup at best. Maybe he gets an opportunity, but I wouldn't be banking on him long-term in Dynasty. Jay, can I ask you about Chris Olave? Um, I, I think we could say we were definitely a little too low on him overall as a prospect, right? He's had an sure. incredible, incredible rookie season, almost 1,000 receiving yards, um, 63 receptions. But he's been just kind of like, he's been just kind of regular over the last, it seems like for a while. I'm like looking up his stats, right? Just looking at his raw number. I'm not looking at fucking market share, no target share. He's had three 100-yard games this season. But over the like the past eight weeks, it's like fifty yards, seventy yards, sixty yards. Like, do you think, like, realistically, do you think he's some elite NFL wide receiver? What's what is Olave moving forward? Because there's going to be, I, I think there's going to be interesting discussions about all these rookie wide receivers in the offseason, right? 
Well, London's only got 600. He's 340 yards behind Olave. He's only got 603. Uh, but we know his quarterback. Garrett Wilson is incredible, but the quarterback situation. Olave has had the best rookie season that we've seen in a while since, well, not really in a while, since Ch- I mean, Jamar Jason Jefferson had great rookie seasons themselves. Uh, Traylon Burks, what's going to happen with him? We saw Jahan Dotson get in the action and look awesome last night. Like, this is, we got Christian Watson tonight. This is a dope wide receiver class, but there are people who really, like, think Olave is a top five dynasty wide receiver. I, I mean, what I, I think he's just like he's a really he is what I said he was in a draft round. I think he's a good receiver, man. He's a good receiver. I don't think he's some elite wide he's receiver, a, Jay. He's a great receiver. You you were a little low on Olave. I, I had to convince gonna, you. No, a I'm bit. not gonna say he's a great no Justin Jefferson is a great receiver. Okay, well That's Justin Jefferson's an elite best receiver in the NFL. Not, like I think Chris you Olave's not you, great. You're, he's you're, not, he's all not you're a gonna great say receiver. is so all you're saying is Justin Jefferson is great. That's no, that's your highest okay. threshold is great. Well, if if Jefferson and saying. Chase are elite, then AJ Brown is great. Tyreek Hill is great. Jalen Waddle is great. I'm not. I'm not saying Chris Olave is a great receiver yet. No, no, I'm not going. Why there. not? I just so told he, okay, you why so not. You just think he's. You don't think he's great. Okay, so he's 11th in receiving in yards per reception, 14th in receiving yards, more than your boy Smitty. I'm not ta- just, right? I'm asking so, you. What do you think he is long term? I know. I just gave you. His I think he's stats. overvalued, but he's a great receiver. He yeah, will put up a thousand yards a season. He's going to be fine. The thing is, is that he doesn't have a quarterback. He's in a low volume offense. You give him the volume, he's probably going to have a pretty good season, right? His numbers are down right now, but getting fifty yards a game on this offense is actually pretty good. I did We've not say game. that was bad. I didn't say any so of I'm it saying was is bad. That, are you so listening? Is he overvalued? In, any of that is, is bad. He overvalued in dynasty? Absolutely, I think he is. He, right now, he's a guy who will outproduce. He will produce less than his value, but I think he will get to a point where he will outproduce his value. But he's never going to give you the value of a Garrett Wilson, of aforementioned top receiver, because he's not that guy. But I think he will always produce at a high level for you. So I think that he's going to be good in this offense. He just needs to be in an offense that allows him to get the volume, and he's not going to get that this season. But hopefully, with the quarterback change, what they decide to do going forward, I think he will be great. Um, especially for fantasy, the issue is can he score touchdowns and what does his volume look like in this offense? That's the only thing for me. But I think he's got the potential to put up the yards and catch a lot of passes in this offense. You think he's like a what, a 1,500-yard receiver? Is he gonna- No, no, no. I think he's closer to like ceiling is probably 80 receptions, 1,250, 1,300 maybe in the right situation. The problem for him will be the touchdowns. He's got three this season. Um I think he can do better than that. It's just the volume isn't there for him right now. The volume has gone drastically down in some game scripts uh, with Andy Dalton. And with Andy Dalton, period, hasn't been great for him. You saw what he did early in the season. Uh, I think he will be great. I think he can have great seasons Keenan for Allen? you. It's just Keenan Allen's a fine comp. Yeah, Keenan yeah. Allen's some pretty good seasons too, right? It's just yeah. it, how does he fit in the offense? Because he's running a bit of a – he runs some deep routes. He does a lot of intermediate stuff, and obviously he can work, operate in the short, quick game. So it's just – how do they ultimately use him? We've seen a lot of receivers have great years for the Saints. It's just how do they ultimately see him? Is he kind of the Brandon Cooks of old? Does he fit into that Michael Thomas role? How do they I ultimately want to use Allen him? That's the only good question. One. Keenan Allen had one, two, three, three 1100 yard seasons. He had a 1300 yarder in there in 17. You know, another, you know, I don't know. I think, I think you hit the net. I think he is a little overvalued. I think people are overvaluing sure. him. Quite a bit. I don't think he's some top five dynasty wide receiver. I cannot get on board with that. Can't get on board with it, man. I uh, think he's a good receiver. 
Um, I'm not, I don't think he's a great receiver. I don't think any of the rookie wide receivers are great. I think they're good and they've got the opportunity to produce, but I'm not going to put them in the great category um, quite yet. And maybe that's just a matter of semantics and how you say the word or, or your definition of, of the word. But unfortunately, Jay, we got to talk about my Dallas Cowboys, man. Um, I don't know. What, what, what are we, what are we talking about? They lost the game. They lost again. Can we talk about Trevor Lawrence? Where is Trevor Lawrence in terms of dynasty quarterbacks now? Because I left him for dead in the offseason. Very good. I said he sucked. You I did. doubled down. I'm yep. very wrong on Trevor Lawrence. Six and eight right now. Another 300-yard game. Four touchdowns. One pick. Zay Jones. Baller of the week this week. Zay at Jones. wide receiver with three touchdowns. Let's get um, Zay Jones on that. Let's get Zay Jones up. We got to give Zay, Zay some love. Zay Jones, yes. Wide receiver baller of the week. Six for yeah, 109. Great, three man. touchdowns, man. Smashing. Smashing. Yeah. And even what's crazy is I didn't even realize ETN had 100 on the ground, too. Like, I thought it was just a lot of Trevor Lawrence most of the game. It was, I was in and out, right, watching the red zone, uh, obviously, until the very end when uh, Noah Brown made the play of the day for the Dallas Cowboys. But the thing with Trevor Lawrence, right, and, and why I have such a hard time valuing him is because I don't know the trajectory of the Jaguars yet. So, like, would you put him in Tier 2? You don't know. Wait a with, minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You don't know the trajectory of the Jaguars, and they're sitting right there vying for a wild-card playoff spot. They've just yeah, traded for close. Calvin Ridley. What do you mean you don't know the trajectory? The trajectory is up. So, well, they're going up. I mean, that's... I don't... Do I need to say they're going up? Is well, that, if you don't know the trajectory, so, so I'm giving would you, you the trajectory. Would you, take him, would you take him over Kyler Murray? Yes. I think that's the conversation yes. for me. Is, would you take him over yes. Kyler Murray? Okay, would you take him yes. over Justin Fields? You already said no. No. So then you're looking at Dak Prescott. Would you take him over Dak yes. Prescott? Yes. Yes. So yes. okay. So then you have Lamar. So you you have Justin Herbert, Joe Patrick Burrow. Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. I think Burrow. Keep Trey Cut has it right, Jay. They have it: Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, Herbert, Burrow, Jackson, Fields, Lawrence, Tua, Murray, Dak. Man, Dak is slipping. Your boy. I mean, shit. <laughs> he's throwing picks left and right, man. He's thirty years old and he throw. He's throwing picks left. He's still real good, but. Yeah, I'm taking T-Law over all those guys, man. Outside of Fields, Lamar, Burrow, Herbert, Herbert, Allen, and uh, Mahomes. Like, he's a he's easily a top. What are they? Keep Drake Gutt as him as QB8? Yeah, easy. Easily. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't even – and if somebody said I'd take him over Justin Fields, I wouldn't even argue that. I think over his last five games, he's got like 14 touchdowns, one interception, and like 1,500 passing yards. It's insane what Trevor Lawrence is doing and – well, I told you, you you shit on him all last year with Urban mm-hmm. Meyer. Talked about how bad he was. You made fun of him on the show constantly. And I was like, wait until he gets an actual competent signal uh, head coach, a captain in the seat to help guide this team. And they're, they're right there, and they control kind of their own destiny in a very poor AFC South. I'm telling you right now, when the odds open up for the winner of potentially like a dark horse winner of the AFC, AFC South – Put your money on Jacksonville. They they should win this division next year. Tennessee is not very good, man. It's Derrick yeah, Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry. Jacksonville is a team on the rise, and their trajectory is 100% up. Trevor Lawrence is incredible, man. And versus Dallas, again, when they needed to have it in money time, I mean, he led that team down the field, dicing up Dallas's defense. I don't want to hear about the excuses. Yeah, I know Dallas lost players. Pass rush has fallen. They lost Leighton Van Der Esch in the game. Giving up touchdowns, the Jaguars got it done. This is a this is a dangerous young football team, and they're going to be bad if 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 they if they lose the last couple of games. 
they're going to be in a spot to still get a really good draft pick and just stack on that team. And then you're adding Calvin Ridley to this crew of Zay Jones and 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 Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram and Travis Etienne. You bring in a Calvin Ridley. This is a scary young team, man. This is a good football team. And Trevor Lawrence is showing why he was the number one overall pick a couple of years ago. And I think he's only going to get better. And what I love about T-Law, man, this dude gets beat up, man. He gets beat up and he keeps yeah. coming back. He keeps fighting. You don't see him limp to the sidelines. He goes to the locker room. He comes right back on the field. It's a good football team, man. It's a good football team. It's from the, from the Dallas standpoint. I mean, I just I, I don't really know what to say, man. Um, I, I don't know what happened. Defensively, they just shit the bed. I mean, the running game did what it was supposed to do. Pollard at 75, 19 carries. Zeke had his 58 and a touchdown. CeeDee Lamb had 100 yards receiving. They need another receiver, man. They, they need another receiver in the worst way. So hopefully in the 2023 draft class, maybe a Jalen Hyatt, a Rasheed Rice, a Josh Downs to put them as a compliment to CeeDee Lamb. Another year, Michael Gallup recovering from the ACL. Um, but defensively, this team is, um, this has always been the Achilles heel. The run defense isn't very good. They lost Leighton Vander Esch. Anthony Brown is out. Kelvin Joseph got benched. Nashawn Wright got concussed. Uh, they can't get after the quarterback. If they can't get after it and generate pressure, this is not, they're not going to get it done defensively. But shout out to Jacksonville, put up a 40-burger on Dallas at home. And, um, not good for Dallas. Dallas has been flirting with disaster for two weeks, and it finally bit him in yep. the ass. So good job uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm sure those fans are pretty excited about that win. I don't know what so, else Rick, to say. I don't know what else we well, want to talk about from here. So one more thing. I did. So you were touching on Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars and the playoffs for next season, but they actually have a really good shot of making it this season. Yeah. This week they go into uh, New York to play the Jets. Right, so they got a. I think they got a pretty good shot of winning that game. The Jets' defense is good, but they still have to play Zach Wilson, so that should be a pretty decent spot for them. One versus two in that class, but then they go to Houston. So, can they win the game? Of course, but Houston course. has been playing a little yeah, bit better. Houston's playing and then the last, then the last game of the season, they play Tennessee at home, and they're only one game back of the division right now. So they're going to be pretty good, and I think they can potentially win both those games. And then depending how Tennessee ends the season, they already have a win in Tennessee, right? They beat Tennessee to, yep. uh, last week in Tennessee, so they could win the season series and ultimately push them into the playoffs and get that four seed in the in the playoffs. So they do. They are poised for a pretty good spot. You know, they could beat the Jets, they could definitely beat the Texans, and then obviously beating Tennessee at home is still possible for them as well. So they could be looking at the playoffs. But uh, your Cowboys, not a great way to end the season, but. They do have they do have a big game this week and hopefully they can get some redemption at home. Yeah, we're 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 still all right, man. We're still all right. We'll beat Philly this week. Jeff said rank the rookie uh rookie wide receiver top four. Feel like Dotson is catching up to Burks. What are the top four rookie wideouts right now? In terms of this season or in terms of value? Just, because it's tough for me. Let's say I, your, so pers I your think... personal feeling. This season's over. This season's done. Yeah. Going into next year, what are the top four rookie wide receivers? What are the top four? receivers from this 2022 class uh, i'd put garrett wilson at one drake london at two probably olave at three and then burks at four what about Dotson i don't think dotson i don't think dotson's that close you know christian watson i'm kind of just we'll see I, i'm curious how he's valued if i was if I, project, if I was to project value i'd probably say christian watson would come in right around drake london potentially even ahead of chris olave but i don't think he necessarily should personally um, but it's close. It's close. I think that Christian Watson will make a push for that number two spot. Um, okay. again, it depends on how he, how he ends the season. How does he look? Is he, cause he may end the season with like, 
eight to 10 touchdowns if everything keeps breaking right for him. And at that point, people be like, oh, my God, Christian Watson, all he does is score touchdowns, right? Kind of like Chase Claypool of a few years ago. But I think he can make a push for that that two three spot. Um, I think Dotson deserves to be in there. He's shown how competent he is. It's just he hasn't been healthy the whole year. So, but even last night made a lot of big plays for that offense. Yeah, big plays. Um, with a better quarterback, he could be even better. But next to McLaurin, he is playing really really well. So I do like Dotson a lot. I think he's a little bit disrespected. He's a guy that you can probably buy low at a reasonable price. What that price is, I'm not sure. He was disrespected in the process. He's kind of still a little bit on the low. I'm curious how they view Watson how and how they view um, him because I think that's kind of the two guys. But how would you rank those guys? I think it's I think it's going to be close when the season's all said and done. I don't know. I want to talk about the Washington Giants game. Um, so Daniel Jones uh, and the Giants beat the Commanders 20-12. Then Jones played an efficient game with his leading receiver being Richie James. Once again, and Isaiah Hodgins, no receivers. They got it done. They're probably going to the playoffs. Uh, Saquon Barkley. Saquon had a three-run combination yeah. that was as good as you'll ever see. I mean, literally some of us ran to the Discord and were like, just Saquon is cooking right now. It was three consecutive runs. He's getting the ball. He's spinning. In the, first of all, he's huge. I don't think people realize how big Saquon Barkley is. I mean, he's not Derrick Henry, but he's six six foot, 230. Derrick Henry's 6'3", like 250, right? The way that Saquon can move, and it is... The game is better when Saquon's being Saquon. I'll just say that. He had a three-run stretch that it was just jaw-dropping type athleticism yeah. and ability. But I want to talk about the other running back. We we shit on Brian Robinson all year. Keep calling him the plotter. Jay, is he for real? Is Brian Robinson just going to be, and not for real in the sense that he's some top five dynasty running back, but a cat that you can draft and just be like, I got a rock-solid RB2 that I know is just legit. Like he's just is is Brian Robinson for real? Um, I think it depends on where he's valued, man. I think if you get him around RB thirty, like slightly below that RB two threshold, you're probably looking good. But I think he's going to be higher than that. He's one of the RB few running backs 30. that gets. Yeah, like I think I think the problem is that he's he's so he's young, right? So he's got that aspect to him too. Like, would you take a Brian Robinson or an Aaron Jones? I think that's a question people may have in the offseason because you get the youth, you get the security, he's probably on the team for a long time versus the production of an Aaron Jones. That's what makes it tough for me. I like B Rob, but I don't know where he's gonna be valued, and I think it's Difficult for me to say he's not going to be valued as a top 24 running back. And at that point, it's like, am I right buying now. a little high? 26 so, right now. So how much higher do you think he can go? Like when you're looking at that value? I don't know how much it, higher he can go, but I don't even think that's the question. I'm not talking about his value. Stop talking about value. Talking about the player. I don't care about he's his value. He's fine. He's going to get carries. Player. We know that. What's there to say about him? He gets carries. He, no, it's I mean, not, he led it's the not, way. It's, it's not he just gets carries. I'm asking this skill set has he improved? I'm trying to. Oh, I'm no. trying to stretch he's the same you. You're he's just a, like we've already gotten to the, the point where we know he's going to get carries. How does he look? Is he progressing to you? Does he look like a? You probably just don't watch. Let me let me look at the chat. Yeah, Rose says yes. Yeah, stop the B Rob. Hey, Patrick I'm not hating he's on him. Looking he's, better. He's, he's the guy I think he's always been. He's been a fine running back, and this week he looked a little bit better than he has in weeks past. Some weeks he looks great. Some weeks he's just running into into nothing. Yeah. It just depends on the week. I don't know if he's getting much better, but he's been fine, right? He's He's been a running back that you can start every week, and some weeks he'll get six points, and some weeks he'll get you 15 points. It just depends on the week. 
Would you disagree? Do you disagree? Do you think he's better? Do you think he's worse? I'm I'm I think he's kind of disagreeing with you, but you're just you're not. I'm trying. I'm trying to get you to talk more ball than where his ADP slot is, and you just it's just like ramming into a brick wall. You're just you're just not. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not executing the assignment in which I need from you on this one, Jay. I just want to talk about the player that we've all talked about him just being a guy that just gets carries. But he looks a little better than just a guy that just gets carries is what I'm saying. Yeah, I think he's fine. Like like I said, I think he's a fine running back that's going to – the thing for me, that, and even when you saw this at Alabama, sometimes he looks awesome. And he kind of needs a little bit more than just a hole at times. But he, he did make some great plays last night that showed that maybe he is a bit more than just a plotter. And maybe we have to give him a little bit more credit for that. But we'll see, man. I, I, I still think he just is what I thought he would be. And he, to be fair to him, he is doing more than I expected him to do as a rookie in his first season. He's, he's earned those carries, absolutely. And I think he's looked better than Gibson at times running the ball. It just depends on how Gibson's playing. But I think that – I think that – what? No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Finish, I said I think, I think that Ron Rivera – Picking B-Rob makes sense today. Early on, we weren't so sure, but now I think it does make a lot of sense why he did decide to go with B-Rob over Antonio Gibson as the primary rusher. Uh, Patrick said he's getting into Montgomery ter- territory. Uh, Rose said top 20 next year. Did B-Rob do enough this year for Washington not to spend meaningful draft pick? Yes. Uh, he came back from getting shot in his knee and ass, and he's got almost 700 rushing yards on the season. Yeah. I think he's done enough. And uh, him and Gibson actually make a really good tandem. I like those two together. Tom Brady. Man, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. I mean, they're up 16, 17, nothing and end up losing 34 to 23. Brady, two picks, two fumbles lost. I mean, this is what do you say about Tampa Bay, man? They're terrible. Like, there's nothing else to say about them. I mean, Mike Evans had a good game for once. We've been waiting for that for a little bit. Godwin was fine. But, you know, Cincinnati didn't even run the ball. They did was throw it, and they just they just kicked the crap out of Tampa Bay. And they didn't even throw four a lot. Joe Burrow had 200 yep. yards. 200 yards. The story of, of the Bengals, for people who aren't paying attention to the Bengals that much, is they shut teams down in the second half. They, they play you know, pretty well at times defensively in the first half. And then the second half, they come down, they shut guys out. If you look at their game log every game, I believe they have multiple games where they have shutouts in the third quarter and they shut out Tampa Bay in the third quarter and then only allowed six points at the very end of the game. So basically shut them out all the second half because that last touchdown was basically yeah, inconsequential. Yeah, yeah, that one to gauge. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been the story of the Bengals. And so if you're someone who's looking at the Bengals in the first half, they are drastically different. The second half adjustments they make week after week have been phenomenal, and it's been this calling card of the Bengals this season. They continue to do that throughout the playoffs. I think they can make a run again. Um, and that's the biggest thing for me is, is that you look at this team and where they're con- how they're constructed, how they're winning games. It always happens in the second half. The adjustments they make have been phenomenal all year long, and I think that will only continue throughout the rest of the year and into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean – Four receivers caught touchdowns. Chase, Higgins, Boyd, and some other guy named Wilcox. Wilcox. Yeah, he caught a touchdown. I mean, it wasn't like a great Joe Burrow game, QBR 54, but they get it done. Like, defensively, this team is playing great complementary football on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, They're opportunistic. They cause turnovers. Since he's the real deal, they're the real deal. You look in that AFC, it's like Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati, those are those are right the three there. teams. A uh, little bit of the Chargers coming on late. Justin Herbert, man, the social media quarterback, the Blake Griffin of the NFL. He's it's getting fair, it done. I mean, 
Justin Herbert's getting it done. The Chargers beat Tennessee yesterday. He's looking good. Some of the throws that he makes, insane. Huge throw. I mean, huge throw to Mike Williams late. Huge. huge throw, but he did have two interceptions, no touchdowns, right? No yards on the ground, but when they needed to throw, it, it was when they got the ball with like 40 seconds left, I was like, they're going to win this game. Like They're going to drive him right down the field and put yep. him in position to win that game, and they did just that. Um, Tennessee, I mean, Tannehill was on one leg. Understand how bad it was. Vrabel was like, do whatever you need to do to Ryan Tannehill's ankle because Malik Willis, we cannot have him out here. Whatever needs to be I mean, when have you seen a guy in the NFL get carted off and then come back, Jay? When's the last and time you've run seen that for happen? a touchdown to tie the game? Yeah. <laughs> That's when is the... the last time you've seen that happen? Never, man. Never. I've never you don't seen see guys it get, where carted you get carted off and, off come, and back. Then come Except for DK Metcalf. That's the only time he rode on That's a true. cart to go to the bathroom. But, like, literally, we knew Hitano was hurt. And then they're like, nah, man, we cannot. We, we can't. We can't do it. Get back with Tannehill. Do whatever you need to do. Medical staff, get him back on the field. And uh, it's just Tennessee just bad. They have no receivers, Jay. None. How do you they have got Chiggy, this? though. Yeah, Chiggy's good. Chiggy's a good Chiggy's young really tight good. end. He's a good yeah. young. Chris Conley? <laughs> Chris, what is this? 2015? Robert Woods? Woods had a bad game this game. Racy McMath. I mean, this Yikes. team, this receiving Russell core, Westbrook. And the thing is, this is still better than what Daniel Jones has in, in New York. I mean, this is, <laughs> is, I still would take Nick Westbrook, Akine, and Chiggy, and Derrick Henry was their leading receiver, Jay. When's the last time that's happened? This is, Tennessee while. is, we talk about Minnesota being a fraudulent team in the NFC. This is the fraudulent team right here is the Tennessee Titans. They are frauds and lead the AFC South. They are 100% frauds. This is a fraudulent team because they're not that good defensively. Uh, it's really uh, Derrick Henry they're... or Buck. So they play, they play I, a little, good this little bit of pushback. They play good they, this they, got, they have a good defense. And so the problem for me with Tennessee is just when you count them out, they play a great game. And yes, it's always yes, on the back of Derrick yes. Henry and his great defense. And even the pick on Justin Herbert. Tip drill in the end zone. You're like, okay, what are these guys doing? Like, yeah. insane. That was a but dope play. The problem for them is every time you count them out, like week 18, we're going to have the Jaguars versus Tennessee Titans. Could be for the division. And for all we know, Tennessee blows them out like 40 to 14, right? On the boat. It's, it's funny to watch them play because you love Derrick Henry, everything he does. But watching them... It's so frustrating because some games they're great, some games they're god awful, and it's every time you count them out, they all of a sudden play a great game, they start do. to finish. But with Tannehill being hurt, it does it does provide some question marks around that team because he Malik can't Willis move. He couldn't is move. Not gonna get it done. He yeah. couldn't move. He's just a statue in the pocket, and then they get down there and they're like, "You sneak it in and run it," and people falling all over bro. his ankle. Derrick Henry smacking him in the back yeah. to get him in the end zone. You're like, bro, this guy's gonna get hurt. All right, final game. Got to give a shout-out to my Raiders, baby. My Las Vegas Raiders. Got the dub. What, Jay. <laughs> Ramondre. Uh, first of all, Ramondre had a 172 on the ground. So, uh, if you start, he should have been the damn RB baller of the week, 172-1. and one. Man, he had a monster game. I, I don't really know what to talk about. Derek Carr had three touchdowns, one of his better performances of the season. Yeah, fraudulent uh, touchdown. Fraudulent. That was not a touchdown to Keelan Cole. 
That right, you know that was not the fact that it they're was actually you got to go with the call it, on the it field. It was very conclusive. It was inconclusive. You saw no, his no. foot all. No, line. I didn't see Come that. On. I didn't see that. It it was. This is the NFL. We have unlimited camera angles. What How is the problem? The world, why can the World Cup have something that oh, show if they're yeah. off, and we can't get that in the NFL? Why can't we get that in the NFL? Like yeah. you can't it, tell me they don't have the money to do that, man. You know, that's, like, the, that's the problem with the NFL is you're like, you people have all this money. You got end zone cams, pylon yeah, cams, yeah. ref, like drones why flying isn't around the, the fucking field, Why man? isn't there a pylon cam going down that part of the side, like that part of the end zone? They got it on the other side at the back. They got it on the goal line, but they don't yeah. got it. It, you got to rely was on a camera up all, in all the I'll top. say is it's ridiculous. It looked it's like a touchdown to me. I mean, I could not tell. You that could you couldn't one. tell if the foot was truly on the white line or not. Dude, not, I, I thought it was very clear personally. Like again, call it biased. I don't I mean, I don't really care if the Patriots win any games anyway, so maybe I'm not that biased. But I was looking at it, I'm like I don't know how you you could say it's inconclusive, but I'm surprised that they're like that's not a touchdown because again usually these things are fairly clear. Like I get you know you're way up at the top of the camera, they didn't zoom in, whatever. But like, and my I, to my eyes, I was like I didn't even think that was a touchdown. So again, yeah, it's what it is. It looked like a TD the, to me. That's all I'll say. But talk about the great play. play. Talk about the play. The I play. Mean, the stiff arm heard round the world, as I uh, as I called it on Twitter. And the funny Fucking thing is, Mac Jones is taking the heat, and it was damn Jacoby Myers. He's the well, one. You know that... why he's taking the heat? Why? Because Bailey Zappi would have made that play. Bailey Zappi, Zappi would have tackled his, Chandler Jones. He would have tackled. He would have tripped him. He would have done so- like the the problem for me. Right is like you think about the NFL, and and obviously it's a it's a random moment, but you could have easily taken a penalty and tripped him. And would have been fine, right? Man, I think that shit happens so fast, man, that people are just like, what just happened? Like, Because here's the the crazy part of that play is Chandler Jones got cut at the beginning of the play trying to tackle. He's on the ground at the beginning of the play. Chandler Jones is on the ground, and all of a sudden, Myers throws it. It was like 25 yards back. Like, he launched it backwards. Like, just just right to Chandler Jones. Walk off touchdown. They were going to OT. Mac Jones played horrible. I, I mean, I'm looking at oh, he was awful. 12, Jay. 12. Matt, we're 13 in Zach Wilson for 31, land. 112 yards. QBR, in your opinion, is he their quarterback long term? Long term is, is bold. I would say did he's their the quarterback next season. Did you see the, the shade at the end? The long embrace of Mac Jones and Josh McDaniels? With Bill Belichick standing right there, did you did you at the no. end of the game? So at the end of the game, you know, game's over. Yeah, Daniels comes out there to the middle, grabs Mac Jones, and is talking to him like in his ear. And Belichick okay. is just standing right there, waiting to like shake his hand. And McDaniel's is like extended convo with Mac <laughs> Jones right there in front. Of, the shade knows no end, man. It is wild what's happening in New England. And then did you hear Bill Belichick after the game as to why they couldn't throw a Hail Mary? Did you see the quote? You didn't see the quote from Belichick? Reporter asked him, why didn't you just try a Hail Mary? And he said, couldn't throw it that far. (laughs) There's so much shit. Fucking hell, There's so much shade going on in New England right now, man. It's wild. No Arizona and Denver fans. We did not talk about that game. We're not going to talk about that game. We've got... 
I don't know what to say. I, I, we're not talking about that game. There's nothing to take away from Arizona and Denver. My only question to you is, why didn't Russ play? If he was cleared from concussion protocol, why didn't he play? Was there ever, ever a report to that? No, I didn't see why he didn't play. I'm sure they're just protecting himself. Like, maybe the, they're not going anywhere, I think, whether they play Russ or not. So, I mean, protect him a little bit. Maybe play him next week. Um, I kind of needed him in a league, but whatever. It is what it is. I don't know if you want to talk about tonight's game because uh, your boy, talk Baker Mayfield, trying yeah. to get a big dub in uh, Green Bay. Should be a cold one Ooh, <laughs> in Green my Bay boy. tonight. My boy, Baker yeah. Mayfield? Okay. We may, we may talk about Baker Mayfield a little bit later on, uh, on our Mojo show, but... I want to know if you think he can get a win. Not play well. He he may not play well, but can he get a win in Green Bay tonight? Because he got a win last week. He played good enough no. down the stretch, especially late. No. You don't think so? No. Nope. You don't think nope. the team can rally around Baker Mayfield? Nope. He just nope. brings all that swagger. Nope. nope. I don't think so, man. I don't think so. Tonight, I think uh, Green Bay gets it done. Versus the Rams, I'd love to see a big Baker game. I need like 30, I need 24 points from Skoranek and Tutu Atwell. So, got it last week. Got it last week. We'll see. We'll see, man. We'll see. All right. Well, that's the show today. Recapping week uh, 15 of the NFL. We're almost, almost over, Jay. It's almost over. Almost over. We will be here Wednesday and Friday. Feeling much better. So, we'll be in the building Wednesday and Friday. We're going to do a rookie mock. A rookie mock. Rookie ADP. We're getting into the 2023 class. It's time to dive into that. We've got to do that. Um, and then uh, we'll see about uh, when we'll do the trade show. I don't know if we're doing that Wednesday or Friday. I don't know when we're – I just do what Jay says we do, but we're going to be here Wednesday and Friday. So appreciate everybody tapping in. Make sure you go to the Destination Devi radio feed and check out the podcast over there, Destination Dynasty. Scott Connor show is out and live. Link to the free newsletter is in the description. If you want more access to us, patreon.com forward slash all gas get you into our Discord community, access to the analytical databases and my rankings and all that other good stuff, other tools and cool shit that we have over there. Jay, anything you want to say to people before we get out of here, man? We got some more shows to record. We got a lot of stuff to do on Mondays. Nothing, but I will say that George Kittle was the ball of the week. Someone oh, was yeah, asking George who the Kittle, ball man, of the week bad. was. Yeah, we didn't yeah, even talk yeah. about George Kittle because they played on Thursday, but he was the ball of the week yeah. for us this week. Shout out George Kittle, four for 93 and two. Um, we gave him the ball of the week, and then as well, Deshaun Watson got a touchdown to uh, DPJ, got a big dub, even though that game was god awful. Uh, big dub for Deshaun Watson <laughs> yeah, and the Cleveland Brown. Game was terrible. All right. Appreciate y'all tapping in. Good people. Make sure y'all wake up on Wednesday, hang out with me and Jay. Y'all have a great Monday. Make it great. Get that last-minute Christmas shopping in, and be safe out there, man. There's a lot of shit floating around. Flu, COVID, RSV, cooties, STDs, all that stuff. Protect yourself out there. Make sure y'all wake up on Wednesday. I'm out of this thing. Peace. Thank y'all for watching the Wake Up Show with myself and Jay Rich. If you finished the show and you're still hanging around and have yet to hit the thumbs up button or subscribe to the channel, do that right now and turn them alerts on while you're at it. If you want more exclusive access to me, Jay Rich, and the entire Destination Debbie team, patreon.com forward slash all gas gives you that access make sure you subscribe to the newsletter for free 99 content and if you want to get in on that action use the promo code wake up over on prize Picks for a 100% deposit match up to $100 for first time users and a brand new show dropping on the mojo youtube channel myself and jay rich will be talking about these players and their value from a stock market perspective every single week this fall over on mojo it's all gas, all the time. Love y'all. I'm out of this thing. Peace.